Welcome to Crunching Tackles, where we break down the hardest-hitting social issues in sports. On today's show, we discuss the Tokyo Olympics. Now that they have started, we ask if they should be happening at all, and what the best-case scenario is for the IOC. My name is Chad Wiley, and with me is John Nekrasov. And John, how are you doing this week? I am more excited for the Olympics than I thought I was going to be, which is strange given that the Olympics are like the preeminent sporting event in world history. Um, but kind of all the depressing news that we'll get into in a little bit about the Olympics has kind of made me not excited about the Olympics mm. uh, until I started reading the sport overviews and looking at the list of sports. And I was like, oh, yeah, I actually love it when the Olympics happen. So it's going to be it's going to be weird for a few reasons, one of which is the lack of fans, which I think I've been getting used to having fans again. And yeah. I think we'll talk about why this whole thing feels so surreal. But I am very excited for this to actually happen. And it was my birthday this week. Happy so birthday, John. Thank you, Chad. I was just fishing for that. I just, you know, podcast birthday. <laughs> Are you old? In a metaphorical or literal sense? Metaphorical. Metaphorical, then yes. Okay. Um, it was my T-Swift birthday, as people have been very prone to point, point out, you know. But I'm not much of a T-Swift guy myself. You're like a whole year younger than me. I'm like the elder statesman of this podcast. <laughs> I'm only a year younger than you? Yeah. Are you still 23? I, I turned 20 I turned 22 in August. Oh, I'm oh. sorry, I turned 23 in August. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, wow. so you're like just a little bit over a year or a little bit Yeah, a little bit, little bit under. Yeah, I'm a, a little month, bit under a year. 11 older months older Aww. than you. Oh, look at that. We're this we're the same. No, no, you're a, a little bit under. I can't do math. You're 23 right now. I'm 22 right now. I'll be 23 in Oh, you will weeks. be 23. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just under a year. Because so if, if, this is why we did not go on to pursue math degrees in college. <laughs> it also explains why there's significantly more maturity and wisdom coming from this side of the microphone. Across, I don't know. I mean, because we're talking about it in a metaphorical sense. I feel like metaphorically you're much younger than me. That's that's probably true, actually. I, I'm not going to disagree with that. <laughs> but ages aside, how are you? I'm we're doing well, John. I, I, too, am excited for the Olympics, and we're going to get into it. Uh, but the, the one thing I'll say before we really get into the Olympics is that the only thing that deters my love for it is that almost all of the primetime events are on tape delay. Yeah. Like, there's something about watching live sports that's just more like, I don't know, like, when I see that something's, like, has already happened, like, I'll still watch it, but I, I wish that the time zones lined up a little bit better so that I could be watching more stuff live, like, reacting on Twitter as it happens, seeing other people's reactions as opposed to, like, 11 hours later you see this event. So that's been... yeah. A little frustrating, but overall, I am excited. It is Before a huge we, time difference. Yeah, it is, John. Before we get into it, a few other sports stories I would love to get into. I don't want to talk and about uh, this. Do you want to talk about Jaden Sancho, John? No. Well, you have ridiculed me on this podcast for the fact that Jaden Sancho did not join Manchester United, and you have bashed my club for their failure to be able to sign him. So it's time for you to sit on here and give my club some due credit as Manchester United has confirmed the signing of Jaden Sancho this morning. News that I woke up to this morning and has just brightened my day in every single way. I mean, I the only credit I will give is that a 73 million quid transfer deal is honestly considerably less than I would have thought that you would have bought him for. So mm. a good bit of business for Manchester United. I want to play a little game, John. Do you know what day the first 
Jaden Sancho to Manchester United trade rumor, transfer rumor came across the, the world. It had to have been like 20, 2019. It was August 31st, 2017. Oh my goodness. Do you know what the number one song in the world was then? No. Despacito. <laughs> That's a throwback. Despa- so the, yeah. Despa- <laughs> the Jaden Sancho to Manchester United rumors are as old as Despacito is. There and are times when I think about was it did did Gangnam Style come out in twenty twelve? It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago because occasionally, sometimes, like I see something someone posts about that, and I'm like, was that really almost a decade ago? Like I yeah. don't feel like I don't feel like it was that long ago that those like those blockbuster hits came, and yet like th- we're getting old. Speaking of getting old. But yeah, so that news brightened my day, John. Also, huh. since we recorded, the Milwaukee Bucks became NBA champions. Giannis. And I'm, we could talk about Giannis, but really all I want to talk about, I love, there's nothing I love more than Kevin Durant slander. I love when people disrespect <laughs> Kevin Durant. And so on first take, the ESPN Hot Take show, oh, no. they, led, they led the day after the finals with the question, would you rather have Giannis's one championship or Kevin Durant's two championships joining a super team. And I just love the fact that's an, like a question being discussed in the world where Kevin Durant's championships are being just completely written off. And Giannis is like, yeah, I just love that that's being Remember when asked. he had that insane game in the playoffs, like at some point this season, and everyone was like, is Kevin Durant the best player in the NBA? And then immediately, like two months later, they're like, Kevin Durant sucks. Yeah. Didn't yeah, I feel... Am I yeah. that? No, I, I think that it did happen, and I, I feel bad because, you know, a few episodes ago, I, I, I had made this hot take about how Giannis is better than KD, and then KD had that good game five, and I walked my mm. hot take back, but now I'm back with That's my right, take. That's right, you did. My, my take remains, so my I need to stick with my gut, because when, are I, you when allowed, I have a gut, Are you allowed to do that? <laughs> the, it's, I didn't delete the tweet. The tweet is still there, and I can okay. still point to it and be like, hey, guys, look, I said this, so go me. Last bit of sports news, John. We have a name change. The Cleveland, formerly the Cleveland Indians, are now the Cleveland Guardians. Do you have any? For a minute, I thought you said we were changing the name of our podcast. Oh, I was no. like, I was not aware of this. Yeah, we are now. <laughs> we are now the Crunching Guardians. <laughs> no, but uh, do you have any thoughts about the name? Do you just not care? Is it interesting? I know we did an episode about when they announced that they were going to change the name. But it, I, I feel I feel pretty indifferent to it. Yeah, I think they could have come up with something more creative. That's about it. The I'm more, really much bad. more interested in what happens with Washington. Honestly, yes, the mm. logo looks like some kind of freaking um, like Mercury. I don't know mm. if it's a reference to Mercury, but it feels like it. Like the you know the Greek god with little little wings on his head, and I just yeah. I don't understand why. John, do you want to get into the meat of this podcast and talk about the Olympics? Let's talk about the Olympics. So, at six a.m. this morning, the opening yep. ceremony commenced. It'll be seen in America at 7.30 p.m. because of our stupid tape delay time difference. But (laughs) they have happened. The Olympics is underway. Sports are happening. The U.S. women's national team has already lost. I spent a good chunk of my evening last night watching the rowing uh, qualifying heats. Yeah, you did. For rowing because I just consume all Olympics no matter how interested the sport is. I just, yeah, I just care. Why not? So, yeah, let's get into it, John. There's no fans there's a bunch of weirdness around this Olympics, and I think we should start with what's been, you know, the story of the last 18 months, which is the way COVID has impacted everything. And mm-hmm. COVID had a particularly interesting impact on the Olympics because it's getting worse in Japan. Mm-hmm. And as it neared the, the the nation of Japan and the, specifically the city of Tokyo, where 
not excited about the fact that they were hosting the Olympics, even though normally hosting the Olympics is one of the greatest privileges a city and a country can achieve. And here they are saying, actually, we, 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 we don't want this to be happening. We have to go along with it because in the contract, we're not allowed to veto it. The only people allowed to cancel it is the International Olympic Committee. But they didn't want to have it by the time that it actually came around, which is a, a weird situation to be in. And COVID continues to damper everything. But like I said, the Olympics have happened. There have been a few positive tests. But as we've seen, especially in the last nine months or so, as sports have gotten back into normal, the sports just push on through the positive tests, through the empty stadiums and the, the machine, the industry of sports will not be denied by anything. Mm-hmm. I think the Olympics are not strangers to this kind of controversy. Uh, I think of the 2016 Rio Olympics. They kind of came to mind because there were a lot of protests in Brazil, both for that and for the 2014 World Cup that happened there two years earlier. And, you know, government corruption was a big part of that. They weren't necessarily protesting the Olympic Committee, but they were people in Brazil were protesting the fact that their government was basically prioritizing the Olympics over like national infrastructure. Um, you know, the 2014 Olympics in Sochi, the Winter Olympics were also controversial, namely because they were being hosted by Russia, who at the time was in the process of occupying parts of Ukraine. Um, so that was an interesting time as well. But I think what's different about about Japan here is that, like you said, the people of Japan don't want this to happen. You know, according, I was looking at some stats earlier, like The Guardian reported about 20% of Japanese people across the board are vaccinated. And like nearly a third of Japan's population is, I think, over 65, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. um, which means that obviously COVID infections have a much bigger effect than they would in most other countries, right? Just because of the, the higher danger risk for the elderly population. Um, and according to Newsweek, together the IOC in Japan, if the Olympics did not happen, would lose around $15 billion dollars um, and most of that's coming from Japanese taxpayers, too. About $10 billion of that is. Um, which means that this is very much... The Elise Olympics going ahead in this situation very much is something that affects the public a lot. And I think it's strange. It's strange because in most situations throughout this past year, having sports happen has kind of been a thing of like, oh, we are doing this for the fans to keep public morale going. You know, like when they brought the Bundesliga and the Premier League back in the middle of COVID last year, it was like, this could bring some positive cases. We might have some issues, but like, we really want this for the public. You know, I, I personally, I think that the Olympics will probably pan out okay. There's always kind of this hype before all these events. That's like, ah, the world's going to end and COVID's going to destroy everything. Their measures usually seem to be well enough in place that we make it through without having some kind of massive epidemic among the athletes. Mm -hmm. Um, But to be fair, this probably is the largest event in the worst situation that we have had so far within sports. Having all these thousands of athletes in basically a city that's having, you know, pre-vaccine level COVID spikes. Um, Like here in America, it just doesn't feel real because we've dealt with it so well vaccine wise recently, regardless of like how numbers are fluctuating. Like we've done a pretty good job. And so it just feels I think the biggest takeaway for me right now is just feels very foreign. It's kind of hard to believe that this is still happening in other countries, you know? Yeah. You know, in America, we're talking about 
right now college football teams are talking about if they've hit the threshold of 85% vaccination rate. And in Tokyo, in Japan, the vaccination rate is like 20%. Like it's worlds different than, according to the Guardian, twenty percent, and that's worlds different than the way it is here, John. But I think you hit on what makes this really jarring, and it's the fact that this is the biggest global event since COVID. Yeah, since COVID started, it's the biggest mm-hmm. sporting event since the twenty eighteen, you know, Winter Olympics. And I think that the the best example of, you know. Everyone looks at the model for doing sports well in COVID as the NBA bubble, where there were 322 athletes and there were zero positive tests among anyone. We're talking about 11,000 athletes at this Olympics. It's a lot of people. That is, it's 34 times bigger than the NBA bubble. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's completely. We're looking at just a completely different size of events, and so. It's impossible. It is literally impossible to have the kind of protocols in place like they had for the NBA bubble just because of the size of the operation. We've already seen 11 positive athlete tests. And like you mentioned, Tokyo is currently in a state of emergency, not just because of the Olympics, but because of the rate of their citizenry getting COVID. They're having something like 1,400 daily cases right now, which is literally like Tokyo is obviously a big city, but that's a lot of people for where we're at in the pandemic. Yeah, it's really bad. John, I want to, you know, I want to end this podcast talking about the actual sports and the actual competitions. But mm-hmm. as we, you know, this Olympics has started, but how do you think it ends? Can we kind of go through maybe what, what the best case scenario is, what the worst case scenario is, and then maybe what we think is going to happen? So I think the worst, you're good. Yeah, for the IOC, for the International Olympic Committee, what is the dream scenario for them? I think the dream scenario is just that we just have an Olympics that doesn't have a major outbreak among athletes, that doesn't aggravate the COVID situation in Japan, and that goes off well enough that most of the press is just about the games. Hmm. If the Olympics become a non-issue, I think that's the win for the IOC, uh, because the win ultimately here for them is just them making money and moving on to the next round, you know, moving on to the next game, next Olympics. Um, and I think I think kind of the best case scenario just in general for the Olympics is that I think the worst case scenario is COVID starts spreading among the athletes. Um, And if that started happening on a really consistent basis among a lot of teams, that would both be bad for the athletes and it would be really bad for the press in general. Um, So I think that's kind of the flip side of things is that would be a big problem for the IOC. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine if like, during Simone Biles' semifinal competition, she comes in close contact with someone who tests positive and like mm-hmm. maybe she she qualifies and then contact tracing rules her out of the the all around gymnastics final. Like that would be such that that's like a that's a nightmare scenario for that them. That is a nightmare scenario. Do you think there's a chance where we never you know, we, we had the opening ceremony this morning, but do you think there's a chance that there is no closing ceremony or is this kind of inevitable that this is gonna, this is going to end, and you know all all the medals will be given out, and maybe some athletes won't be able to participate. But this is going to happen. I think it's super unlikely that it doesn't finish. Like yeah. super, I I I would I would put that chance like two percent maximum, hmm. probably even less than that. I I I I see no no scenario aside from a nightmare scenario among the athlete community. I think would have that happen. Um, yeah, you know the only. The only way I could even conceive of that happening would be like some kind of like massive uprising, like stopping the Olympics <laughs> from happening, you know, but like I, that's not going to happen. Like a player um, boycott or something. But yeah, yeah, but 
you know, it was very indicative of the situation that Toyota decided to pull all of its ads in Japan, um, sponsoring mm. the Olympics. Like they're still doing American stuff, but in Japan, you know, being a Japan-based company, they decided they couldn't have their ads out there. I think that just kind of shows how, with that much money on the line, that kind of shows how divided public opinion is. And I think that's just kind of unfortunate, you know, that we're in this situation. Cause, you know, I'm a big fan of Japan. I think it's cool. It'd be great yeah. in a normal year, you know, to have an Olympics there. And I think it hasn't been there since the 60s. And so I think it, it's a unique opportunity for a cool country to host the Olympics. And the fact that athletes can interact with the public and the fact that fans can be in the stadium, I think is a huge bummer. Yeah. John, do you want to kind of deviate to the actual games themselves we can put our put on our red white and blue apparel and become super mm -hmm. usa biased and just talk about some of the some of the things going on let's do it even though you know that i'm i'm like only half usa biased yeah i know I, i'm fully <laughs> usa biased i know you john <laughs> i want don't to put do, that on me <laughs> i want to do a couple storylines that i think are really important but first what's your favorite summer olympic sport Ooh, we were talking about this i my secret hobby is table tennis, even though I haven't played in ages, like in earnest. Um, so table tennis for sure as like an actual sports sport. Since soccer is kind of like, if you guys don't know, Olympic soccer is kind of a joke. It's, you'd normally think that's, I would say soccer, but it's basically just like the under 23 teams of the senior teams. With like three old guys. Yeah, the, men, the men's soccer. The women's soccer is right. totally legit, but the men's soccer yeah. is a joke. No one, no one actually tries to win it. So table tennis, I also have an unnecessary love for water polo. I remember watching it as a little kid and I just loved it. It was such an odd sport. So physical. It's like it's like water soccer, but you get to dunk people. And I just think that's a delight. Um, so probably, probably that and then archery. For some reason, I enjoy archery a lot. Yeah. For me, my favorite Olympic sport is a winter Olympic sport. It's curling. But if we're going right. to talk specifically about the Summer Olympics, it's, it's super cliche. I love swimming and I love mm -hmm. water polo because yeah. I, I, I did both throughout middle school. And a little bit like what? just like rec recreationally not super competitively <laughs> but That's yeah incredible. and swam as well and i love both of those sports mm -hmm. my favorite new sport introduced this year that i'm just really excited to see is the three-on-three -three basketball that yes. three three-on-three -three basketball looks like it's going to be a lot of fun and so i'm excited to see that as a welcome addition but historically swimming water polo john mm -hmm. i want to i want to stick with swimming my first storyline and this is just kind of a, a tribute to a to the greatest Olympian of all time, John. Do you know that this is our this is the first Olympics of our lifetime without Michael Phelps? Is it really? Mm-hmm. You have never you have never been alive for an Olympics before this one in which Michael Phelps was not competing. Isn't that shocking? Well, I guess I was trying to think. I guess he did compete in the last Olympics. It feels like it's so he, long he ago because it was five years. He competed years. from yeah. two thousand, two thousand four, two thousand eight, two thousand twelve, two thousand sixteen, and he won that's, medals that's in all crazy. of them. Yeah. That's a weird. Uh, that's an Michael Phelps is such an interesting story. We've talked about him before on here, but yeah, we could do a whole podcast episode of Michael Phelps. Yeah, but that's just a, a tribute to his greatness and his longevity. Mm -hmm. That we're we're twenty two and twenty three years old, and we've never seen an Olympics without him in it before. That's crazy, John. The other interesting storyline for me is historically dominant USA teams struggling? Question mark. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the USA basketball team lost to Nigeria. They lost to Australia, Australia right? yeah. in qualifying. And so they're coming into it with some question marks. The well, U.S. women's not qualifying, but uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, just preseason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The U.S. women's national team 
just lost their first game of the group 3-0. stage. 3 mm-hmm. nil is their first loss in 44 games, John. So, you know, a lot to prove for some teams that, you know, normally you would look at women's soccer and USA men's basketball and think, oh, there's, well, there's two gold medals. Mm-hmm. But some question marks for those two teams. Yeah, I mean, Simone Biles obviously is an American lock. We'll get lots yeah. of medals there. But yeah. aside from that, you know, I mean, America obviously dominates a lot. Um, but it does seem a little bit shakier than normal. Mm-hmm. Um, another interesting storyline, you know, the the Russia ban continues. The Russian athletes that have been cleared doping-wise are participating as the ROC, Russian Olympic Committee. Um, they, you know, walked out in the opening ceremony in their Russia track jackets, but not officially labeled as Russia. Um, so that's an interesting just aside. Um, and another aside that I was, so at work yesterday, I was reading a story from the AP um, talking about the fact that doping testing because of COVID over the last year is way down compared to what it normally is. And at the same time, mm. simultaneously, a lot of times have been much lower than normal. Um, and there are some reasons for that, potentially like new shoes or new training conditions or whatever, where you're not racing against people and can race on your own with your own times. But according to WADA, the, you know, the World Anti-Doping Agency, testing numbers were down in, I think maybe in a, either, I think it was across the entirety of 2020, testing numbers were down 45% compared to testing numbers in 2019 in terms of the amount of tests that were being given out um, to look for PEDs. So that is a storyline that probably, you know, testing has gone back up a little bit this year. But that's a kind of a side note storyline that could be at play that we should keep an eye out for. Uh, John, I guess one one final storyline is this is the first Olympics as far as gymnastics goes since a lot of the the sexual abuse allegations Mm -hmm. came out. So just a a particularly emotional tournament for that team, I'm sure. Simone Biles, like you mentioned, she's going to win lots of gold medals, but she's also detailed her story as a survivor. And um, I think, you know, that's the team, that that gymnastics team is the team that you feel like, from a USA perspective, you have the most confidence in to do well. Uh, just, Just historically dominant and have the greatest gymnast of all time on that on that team john are there any particular uh you said i know you'd be watching the uh the ping pong or or whatever but do you have a favorite a favorite athlete or anything a favorite of either event or a favorite athlete that you're that you know is must must see tv for you this next month Ooh, i actually i honestly don't keep up with a lot of the individual sports enough to be like i love these athletes which i think i'd want to change i want to change over time but i honestly like coming into a lot of these events i don't know the individuals maybe as much as i should which is probably Hmm. because i spent too much time following soccer um i blame it on that but obviously novak i'll be watching novak uh compete in tennis for sure because he has the chance he has the chance to win for the first time ever a golden slam which is all four grand slams and an olympic gold in the same year no i think maybe one person has done it before uh, I can't remember. No, I yeah. think no one, no one's ever won all of them. Yeah, I don't so think one so. person has won a golden slam, right? But not both that and Olympic gold in the same year. Yeah, I think I, I definitely wanted to highlight that as well because in tennis, for some people, the Olympics is the pinnacle. For sports like tennis, it's kind of like an afterthought. For tennis mm-hmm. and like golf and stuff like that, it's kind of an afterthought. But to the extent that Rafael Nadal has won an Olympic gold medal, or other people have, other other members of the big three have it. I think it it is a more significant deal for Novak in the sense that it's just another thing on his resume, mm-hmm. and it's not it's not the biggest factor. 
it's not a world-changing factor, but it is a factor. And sticking with tennis, this is Naomi Osaka's return to mm-hmm. the sport out since her break for mental health. And so right, right. That's we'll, true. We'll, we'll see how she's doing. And she, Serena dropped out, right? She, yeah, Serena's not yeah. competing. And Coco Goff is out with COVID. Mm-hmm. But uh, Naomi Osaka has a recent Netflix documentary out. She's on the Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover. So she's been coming. And those were, you know, obviously recorded and done long before her struggle with mental health. Uh, but, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see the the way in which she returns back into the spotlight after taking that break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, I think that's all we've got in terms of the Olympic preview. Uh, hopefully I can edit this podcast later Friday afternoons. So this podcast will come out the same day as the opening ceremony. Mm-hmm. If not, it'll be later on in the weekend. But super excited for the for the festivities. Um, it's always good to just, you know, be be tribalistic for our country. And it just is. support. Yeah, I wonder if I a, need to find next time. Next time we talk, I'll be totally well researched on all of Israel's athletes because oh, yeah, you know you supporting American athletes is fun. But I want to find all of the obscure Israel athletes because I think we've won maybe one bronze medal in our entire history as a country. Uh, we don't, due to our invet- national investment <laughs> in a lot of other areas, <laughs> our Olympic teams are not very good. So we're going to look into that, and I will report back next episode with Israel updates. Yeah, we'll continue to monitor the big stories in the Olympics as we as we continue to discuss other sporting events on the calendar. The Chicago mm-hmm. White Sox are still like the best team in baseball, so that's, we've you know, also, that's interesting. We've kept this like around half an hour today, which is unreal. Yeah, good good for us, John. We, we've good we've gotten us. more concise in our words. <laughs> Well, guys, again, thank you so much for taking the time to give this a listen. We'll be back sometime next week with some more talk about the Olympics and other sports stories. In the meantime, you can find both John and I individually on social media as well as the podcast feed on social media where we react to big news like, you know, and there'll be teams that change their names or other other things. Maybe we'll retweet a picture of that logo and let fans vote on if they, if they think that John and I could make a better team logo for the guardian maybe I think you and i could both better. submit one john you <laughs> and i should both submit an alternate Ch- cleveland guardians logo and see again i think we can, our, we can our podcast logo is better yeah i agree that's definitely true well guys thank you again for listening we hope you all continue to be well be safe and we'll talk to you later all right cheers guys